Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Sal Capaccio. Filling up right behind the Bills bench right now with their flags and their hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go Buffalo Chant. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Plenty to get through with our man Sal Capaccio, so let's waste some time talking about something completely off topic to lead us off. Hi, Sal. How are you? <laughs> I'm always down for that. I'm well. I, I know. I know. I always count on you for this. Uh, good to have you back in Western New York, by the way. When when did you know that golf had you in its grip? Uh, to like, just had you because I am. I don't know if you know this. I mean, I didn't play for a long time regularly at all. Uh, Owen started playing two seasons ago, and so I got back into it. And the very first round I played with him two springs ago, the shoes I'd had that were like, you know, Howard Simon-esque Air Monarch era Nike golf shoes, the sole fell off one of them, walking off the 18th green. I literally threw them in the garbage and walked to my truck and, like, drove home and, like, okay, I need golf shoes. So I bought some golf shoes. And I started playing more. And then I bought a second pair of golf shoes. And today, on my Facebook feed, I got, oh, new Puma golf shoes. Oh, I could use, I got a white pair, I got a blue pair, I could use a black pair. I got a new driver this week. I got new irons last year. Sal, I don't even know who the hell I am anymore. Hmm. Well, I will tell you that I never once picked up a golf club and swung one growing up. In Buffalo, went to Syracuse University through college. Never, never golfed, except for putt putt on Union Road. We'd go there <laughs> once in a while, right? When I was a kid, yeah. um, never did. Went down to Florida, was living there. Everybody golfs in Florida, right? And then people are like, "Oh, you gotta, you know, can you be a part of our scramble?" And you're an athlete, and I'm like, "Yeah, I've never really golfed." Like, what do you mean never golfed? So I'd go out and hack, and I was just horrible. And then I got what happened to me was I was just super competitive with myself, and I'm like, "There's no way I can be this bad at this game." There's no way. I would not accept that as an athlete. Like, mm-hmm. there's, I can't. So I decided to try to be a little bit better. I didn't take any lessons. I just kept playing more, and I'd watch people. I'd talk with them. I'd try to learn, self-taught. And it just got better and better, and then I started to kind of rise more to the level of some of the guys I was playing with, and then it just was in my blood and going out all the time. And Bulldog, this was – so you asked when. Late, this is late, late 20s, 30 years old. Mm-hmm. I never had played golf until then. Um, and I actually was – I was working in radio and I I was writing a like a column for this really like small town newspaper just like once a week. And one column I remember writing was I literally wrote I 
I admit I have an addiction, dot, 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 to golf. And then I went on and talked about it. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was my story. And then, and I never, um, again, self-taught, just watching it. It was really more of a competitive nature. And then it just got into me. And it's just a, it still is because you never can conquer it. Yeah. I, um, I, n- I never saw this coming. I, I, I think the, for me, the overarching point would be like, don't close yourself off to anything. Because I never thought, I'd, yep. I've never been like I am now about it, which is like, oh, I got to get a belt that matches my hat. Like, I just, I don't know, I don't even know what happened oh, to yeah. me. But I just am like all, I don't know if it's you and Nate and Jer, like your influence. I mean, I, I you know, love and respect all of you as friends um, and enjoy playing with you. But, like, just, I don't know, less than a year and a half ago, I was making fun of Jeremy and Nate for talking about all the gear and all the stuff. <laughs> like, what? I'm like, this is hell on earth. It's like listening to Mike talk about fantasy football. I don't want any part of this. And now I'm like, well, I need a gray belt. Like, <laughs> I don't know what happened. And you play fantasy football. <laughs> yeah, well, that yeah, sure. That's begrudging. This I <laughs> Loosely, this right? yeah, right. This this I really love and I could not yep. have seen it coming any less. I mean, I just had no predisposition to be this excited about it. But here we are. So, I don't know. Leave yourself open, I guess, everyone. That's that's the message, okay? I'm done with my TED Talk now. Uh, Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline here. Look forward to playing a lot of golf with you this summer, buddy. Just by the way. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to yeah, miss a month of the season like I did last year. So, I'm um, going to go past the 50 rounds I played last year. Anyway, you're Love back it. from the Combine. Today, maybe Caleb Williams re- not taking the medicals, talking about... Michael Jordan, uh, maybe that's the headline from today, at least the morning anyway. Um, how big of a deal is it that he is sort of breaking the mold here, not even going through medical testing uh, while at the Combine? It's a big deal to media. It might be a big deal to fans. It's not a big deal to teams. Um, teams are going to they're gonna get their information. He's going to meet with the teams that it matters to meet with. Like, the Bills aren't going to draft Caleb Williams, obviously, right? So he doesn't need to Mm -hmm. go through the medicals there. Um, When teams need to get the medical information, they'll get the medical information. Uh, There's been enough. You know what what teams care about? They're going to care. Now, the medical information they do care about, obviously. They're going to get it. Um, But they have seen this kid play. If they're interested in him, they've watched the tape. They've gone to USC. They've met with him. And then they're going to have these formal meetings this week. And all of that stuff is going to matter. And it's March 1st. And they're going to have these top 30 visits and bring them in. All of that stuff is going to matter. Teams aren't going to red flag him because he decided not to do medicals at the combine. Um, you know, that that's it's not going to cost him being the number one overall pick. Right. Right. That's that's that, to me. You do what he's doing because in part because you can't. Right. Like I, I'm, I'm going to be. He, is there any doubt that he's going to be the number one pick? I know I saw yesterday, uh, who was it? Dan, Dan Orlovsky, I think, said he thinks Jaden Daniels is a better prospect than Caleb Williams and should be the number one overall pick. He's not saying he will be, but that, that in his opinion, Daniels looks like the better prospect. So there's some of that out there, but this this guy is is going one overall, right? Yes. They're going to trade Justin Fields, and they're going to draft Caleb Williams. Um, it's pretty much going to be a certainty at this point. I mean, if it didn't happen, it would be a really, really stunning development. And the other 
only thing that would happen, I think, is then they would just simply trade with one of the two teams below them, and they'd get, you know, somebody right. else. If they, you know what I mean? Like, um, it, yes, they're going to draft Caleb Williams, and or they're going to go one spot lower and draft Drake May or Jaden Daniels. That's fine. But I think all indications are right now they are trading Justin Fields. They are drafting Caleb Williams, and like this is as much about resetting the quarterback financial chart and their organization and what they can do Mm -hmm. over the next several years on a rookie quarterback contract than it is about anything. But also I think that, you know, they would believe that Caleb Williams is a better prospect, higher ceiling franchise quarterback than what they've seen from Justin Fields, as much as Justin Fields has grown. And then you get into, well, is it really Caleb Williams over Jaden Daniels? I've seen no indication that anyone thinks otherwise, Maybe in the draft community a little bit, but not the Chicago Bears. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline here with me on WGR. Sal's just back from Indianapolis where the NFL scouting combine continues. The workouts are getting going in earnest now. A lot of players talking this morning, including the wide receivers, and that is certainly of great interest to our audience. I'll ask you just generally, did anything from this morning, any of the receivers talking, grab your attention, turn you off in any way to anybody, um, someone you weren't maybe thinking about, now you're thinking about, anything like that from the receivers today, just from them talking? No, nothing like that. I just think the the interesting things are when you talk with – guys you hear from guys who say like how much they'd look to play with josh allen right and they had a nice who was it brian thomas talking about spending time with joe brady you know Mm -hmm. that's just interesting that they did that and you just get insight in them that they had a conversation obviously their time their timelines didn't cross over at lsu but they talked about that and then was it roma dunze who said who was asked basically what would happen could he fly a 747 in an emergency (laughs) and he said no everybody's going down like that's not happening Right, like those are the kind of funny moments you get, and I I appreciate his honesty actually. So I I love that. You know, if he's like, "Yeah, man, I got this," right? I'm like, "Ah, I don't know about that." Right? Yeah, At no. least he knows who he is. Yeah, so, we're all gonna die. Know, I, right. I appreciate that. I think maybe, <laughs> yeah, I think um, maybe the most interesting that might be what Zach's been putting in his update, which is that. Um, McConkie said he didn't meet with the Bills when it seems like everybody's meeting with everybody, right? Right. And Lad McConkie says he didn't meet with the Bills, but he did meet with them at the Senior Bowl, and you only get 45 of these visits anyway, the formal interviews. Yeah. So is there a pecking order for you uh, as far as these receivers, or have you not gotten to that yet? Because, like, I, I started – it's funny. Like, we started during the football season even. I was crushing on Keon Coleman, and then we get – after the season ends and you start hearing scouting reports on guys, and I'm, I don't like much of what I've read about Coleman, uh, just not as well-rounded, might turn out to be really great, but separation and route running and just not as maybe polished but spectacular plays, right? Uh, jump balls and that kind of stuff. So like I've kind of soured on him as an idea for the Bills, um, at least at 28 anyway. Um, and then there's this other, you know, the, all the rest of the guys beyond those top three guys you mentioned, Adunze, Neighbors, Marvin Harrison Jr. Like to me, I'm not even going to bother investing in which one of those guys I would prefer because I don't think the Bills are going to get near uh, any of those three. The rest of the class, I think, might be fair game. Like any one of the guys beyond those three could could end up being of interest to the Bills, I think. So... You know, if you want to talk about guys that you pretty much have a no shot at, yes. I mean, obviously Harrison and neighbors, and I'm partial to Harrison. Watching his dad at Syracuse, obviously, you know, play, that's pretty cool. But knowing how good those guys are, short of those guys, I'm a Troy Franklin guy right now. Now, granted, I I reserve the right to change, right, between now and Mm -hmm. uh, the time April comes around. But Troy Franklin really kind of checks all the boxes off 
you know, for me, when it comes to a, a prospect. He's big and he's fast, and he really can get separation. Um, he even talked about, was it, I think you talk about things guys said. I believe he said one of the areas he's really improved is yards after catch. Yes. Where have I heard a team talk about yards after catch <laughs> recently that it's really important to them, right? Um, yeah, so I like that. If, I go to, if you go to his uh, NFL draft profile, Lance Zerline always does a great job with that. His NFL comparison, Chris Olave. I mean, wouldn't you like to have a guy like Chris Olave in this Bills offense? You know, if you want to add like a talented guy who I think just kind of checks all the things that this team could use with separation, playing on the outside, run after catch. Uh, I, I like him a lot. I am warming up to Lad McConkey a lot. I do think he's more of a slot guy. They don't really need that. Mm-hmm. But, man, like, the guy knows how to get open. He runs great routes. I really like that about him uh, for sure. And then, you know, you go down. Xavier Leggett. I like Xavier Leggett. I think um, you know he's a little bit of a bigger body. And I don't actually love, like you, I don't love Keon Coleman for that kind of reason. Keon Coleman, his strength is the things that I don't think the Bills are after. Uh-huh. His strength is contested catches and, you know, winning on jump balls. And, sure, he can get down the field a little bit. But I, I think you need an explosive guy, like, right away. Guy with the ball in his hands. If, you know, you need to get the ball to him quickly. He can get down the field. Or he's down the field and you're getting the ball to him because he's separating. That's not necessarily Keon Coleman's game. And I, I, not that I don't think he can be a really good NFL wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's what the Bills necessarily want. The guy that I haven't done a lot of work on, but I'm hearing a lot about lately, is Ricky Pearsall of Florida. Uh, 6'1", 190. I've just been hearing a lot of buzz on him on how like he could really kind of move up the boards uh, as it go as we're going on. And then the other guy, I want to just throw his name out there because Emery Hunt does a great job, and you know Emery, right? CBS Sports HQ has mm-hmm. been on with us many times. Emery does an amazing job. He's gone. He went to eight different All Star games. This guy's all over everything. The guy he's really really high on that he turned me on to Malachi Corley of Western Kentucky. The production is really there for him. 79 catches, 984 yards, 11 touchdowns. Um, he is a guy I think that I'm going to have to do a little more work on because seems like he's maybe one of these smaller school under-the-radar guys that you could wind up getting maybe in the middle round. Forgive me if I'm muddying the waters by mentioning this, circling all the way back to Troy Franklin, who you mentioned, because I watched, I don't know, 15 clips of receivers talking about you know different, different things today. I, I think Franklin also said he was recruited by Brady. I mean, he went to Oregon, but I think he was maybe recruited by Brady when Brady was at LSU. So there's at least some connection there. You know who's kind of growing on me is one of the Texas guys, Adnai Mitchell, has okay. kind of gr- grown on me a little bit. I, again, I'm just watching clips. And is I'm that reading Zach Jones' reports. influence on you? Is that why? I, I'm not I, really sure. I, yeah, I'm just, tr- I'm just trying to get Zach to like me, really, <laughs> is what it is. I, um, yeah, no, I, I feel if there's size there. I think there's speed there, and there's subtlety in his route running that I've seen in some of the clips I've seen. Like, I, I'm, I'm – I'm I'm interested in him. Like he's just another guy to throw on the pile. I I like all the guys you've mentioned. I would add in um Trapasso has kind of turned me into a Javon Baker fan from Central okay. Florida. Um yep. th- that's interesting to me. Um I'm kind of with you on McConkey. Like he's an intriguing and interesting guy, but I don't know that I need to be drafting a guy that might be best suited to play the slot. Um yeah. so I, I don't know that I really want to do that. I'm I'm looking to replace Gabriel Davis uh, ultimately. So I need somebody on the outside. So I any of those guys I'm I'm pretty good with. Brian Thomas Jr. too, although I don't know, he might be yeah. right on the edge of where the Bills are picking, but he's he's of interest to me too. Yeah, I mean, look, the the 
Every year we hear this, which is the wide receiver class is really deep. And why is that? Well, think about it. We've talked about this, Bulldog. It's the cyclical nature of football. Look what's happening now throughout all the lower levels. I mean, you've had now a good 10 years of a lot of these rule changes and spread offenses. You can basically go to any, you know, a heck with a high school game, a Pop Warner game on a Saturday afternoon, and you're just seeing these kids throw the ball all over, right? I mean, it's incredible. That's what's happening now. The best athletes, when I was growing up and you were growing up, the best athletes played running back, right? Yes, I mean, right. that's what happened. Right. You, you're running back, and, and you uh, – I want to pitch it to the, to the running back, and good luck, he's going to outrun you to the end zone. That's not the case anymore. And then it became the best athletes really kind of played defensive back, and they, and they still are. They're really good athletes. But now it's – we're putting them at wide receiver. Go stop us. You know what I mean? And uh, I think that's why you're seeing so many great draft classes now with all these wide receivers. You have a really good decade's worth, basically, of these best players going to that position, catching balls, running rounds, the specialization now of it, and how really it's impacted the game at all different levels. So I think that's why. So that's the debate of do you want to get one early? Do you want to wait? You could because there's going to be a lot of value there. But I always want to caution everybody. It is March 1st, right? And I say – I reserve the right to kind of change because every year we do this in March and then free agency happens and there's <laughs> something that winds up going on that maybe they get a couple guys. And I always remember 2019, need a receiver for Josh. Got to get Josh receivers. Got to, who, who are they like in the draft? And then they sign John Brown and Cole Beasley. Not that they were the, you know, the number one guys in the free mm-hmm. agent class, but they just did a lot for the room. They did a lot for the roster. It kind of got you a little bit off of what they needed come April. Yeah, well, that that's interesting. That 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 sort of spins us right into something I was thinking about and talking about right before you came on with us, and that's is there like I know the Bills cap situation, and I know how Brandon Bean sounds about it, and I you know I feel like I have a, a handle on how it will probably go, but you know, there's always ways to move stuff around, and like I wonder if there's a free agent receiver move out there that would tempt him enough to mess with the contracts that I certainly, and I think you agree, don't want to see the Bills mess with. Diggs, Von Miller, like kicking that down the road doesn't seem like a good idea right now to me. But then I go like, I don't know, what if Mike Evans calls? You know, like what if what if what if somebody like is there that and of course then that changes all of this for the wide receiver train, at least for, you know, for this year probably, if you were to do something like that. Yeah, I agree with that, um, that, you know, there could be a move like that that could happen, but it would take, you know, moving some things around that maybe you don't want to. But let's remember, uh, you know, Brandon Bean even, you know, said he, they didn't expect to necessarily get Von Miller, but when they did, they had to, you know, they wanted to make sure right. they could make it happen, right? So that's what you do. And every every time you do one thing, it's going to impact something else. You know, we talked about yesterday, and I told you guys, you know, I've been – thinking all week just when listening to Brandon that they feel better about their cap situation than maybe we've all made it out to be mm-hmm. and then you know Matt Bove and I we do the always game day in Buffalo podcast so I can share this because Matt said this on the podcast it wasn't something like told to him in confidence because he shared it and I thought it was really interesting so Matt did a, an interview with Brandon Bean for television for channel seven and he said to Brandon Bean he said if your cap situation is one being horrible, it's just a horrible one to ten. One is being just ridiculously horrible. Ten is being great. Where would you put it? Let me ask you, Bulldog. What do you think Brandon Bean said to him? Well, your setup here mm-hmm. leans me toward 
he's more positive about it than maybe we have sounded. So I'm going to say he said it's a six. It's a good guess because he said it's definitely not a one. And it's definitely not a 10. It's somewhere in the middle. And I don't know if he actually said five or six, but Matt gave the indication of that being the case, like a five, six. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. Right. I mean, you think yeah, about that. Yeah. I'll take that because if that's what you're thinking now. OK, now you go back to what you just said, which is if it's a five, six now, what happens if there's a guy that you say we can really go get now you can maybe make some things happen to go and do that. But I just thought that was interesting. And it goes back to the point of it's not as dire as a lot of us have maybe made it out and thought it, it right. would be. When I've brought this up with Mike, just a couple, we've never really, we haven't really like sat here and like you know, sat with it, taking calls and really, you know, dug through it. But when I've brought it up to him, you know what? He, he's mentioned both times how Bean talked about the Allen trade, like the, the, the moves yes. they made to get Allen and like, you know, whatever, if it, do, if, if it, if it doesn't work, I'm not going to be there anyway. If it works mm-hmm. out, nobody's going to give a, you know what? I'm not, I'm not here to say like Bean being, is going to be reckless about it, but that same sort of justification he could use now. I mean, he's had the job a long time. They haven't gotten across the finish line. Like one, okay, let, uh, let's put it off another year. Let's go. Like, you know, Mike Evans is on the phone. He Something like that. Michael Pittman, whatever, some big move that we just can't think of right now because of the cap situation. I wonder if something like that could tempt him. Yeah. And I wonder when you say it, do you, think more of a free agent or a trade because the the Josh Allen thing was a trade, right? It's trading up to get someone. Is it, are you, and then are you thinking trading for an existing NFL player or trading up in the draft, right? Because all those things I think Mm -hmm. absolutely should be on the table given what you said. So I think it would be too rich for the bills, but I think about T Higgins. I think the Bengals want to trade T Higgins. Actually, they're going to tag him. I don't think they want to pay him. They don't want to trade him. Like, is that something? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd even want the Bills to do that because it would cost you a lot, both in capital and then a contract. But is that the kind of thing that they'd be willing to do? Or is it, you know what? And I've brought this up. They have traded up in the draft the last couple of years, a couple of spots to get a guy. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if this is the year they feel they really need to trade up to get the guy they really want if there's someone, one of those wide receivers. Boy, it. That's a huge move, though, right? Because the, right. the, the the top yep. three guys, like we already talked about, I feel like beyond those top three, I, they'll surely, I, I might guess, there will be a few guys, maybe a couple guys picked between, say, 10 and 28, right? So they probably won't have the pick of the fourth receiver off the board. They could, but I wouldn't predict it right now. Those top three, though, to me, you got to get to the top ten to make that work, and then that. So you're talking about a big trade in a year where we've talked about the cap. You need guys to fill holes. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it makes sense for them to give up draft mm-hmm. capital this year to go get a guy when there's so many good players that might be available to them if they just stay put. Okay, so I know that it's 13 years ago. I know the landscape has changed. I'll just point to a trade that was made almost in this very similar spot. The Atlanta Falcons were sitting at 27 in 2011. They were at number 27. They traded all the way up to number six to draft Julio Jones. They went from 27 to six. It cost them number 27, obviously. It also cost them their first round pick the following year in 2012 and their second and fourth round picks in 2012. So they traded, they swapped 27 up to six. And it cost them a one, a two, and a four the next year. 
Wait, wait. I mean, second and fourth this year, yeah. fourth and twenty. There, a, a two and a four the same year. Sorry. So, the, <laughs> so they swapped it. A two and a four that same year, and then a fourth the next year. It's all. It's, it's just so much. <laughs> so much. I, I'm inviting this conversation. I know by bringing it up and talking the way I'm talking about a bold move. But do you think it was a bad deal? Now. Oh wow! I mean, they hit on the player. I mean, it worked. Right. Um, and they, you know, they had the quarterback in place already, which is why I. And they went to a Super Bowl a couple years later. Right. That's right. A few years later, but yeah, yeah, it, it took it took a while. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I I like I like thinking about it. I know that. I'm not sure I have the balls to do it. <laughs> you know, and I, and I I'm, know. Al- I'm also not sure I'd have the I'd have the the fortitude to to make the big free agent move that I'm I'm you know describing the the tempting to mess with the contracts that we don't want to touch or we think you know we'd rather not mess with. Um, but I like I like teasing I like teasing my brain and I like teasing the audience yeah. with it. Like, is that is that worth doing? Would you do it? <laughs> Would you go big one more time? I think maybe we'll pick up on this and continue this conversation. Uh, I think we should let you go though, Sal. You've had a you've had a week. <laughs> Thank you for your time today and great work in Indianapolis. And we'll catch up next week, man. Have a good weekend. All right, you got a buddy. You too. Thanks. That's our man, Sal Capaccio, on the West Hill Hotline. His appearances are always brought to you by New York's only outlet, Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? What do you think? Is is there is there a is there a thing out there? Is there a is there a big bold trade up? Is there a damn the torpedoes move for Brandon Bean either in free agency? I, I'll admit when I was. Like thinking about this and even bringing it up before Sal came out with us, I was not thinking about a draft trade. I'm thinking more about a free agent move for an established player. Uh, but I mean, either either can be suitable. Either is bold. Either is sacrificing futures for the immediate. One is more maybe financially penal than the other is more assets, draft picks in the future. Uh, you know, being involved in a in a trade like that. Either is up for discussion. You got a guy you love in the draft. You got a guy you love in free agency. Let's hear about it. 803-0550 is the number. If you'd like to join me, would love to hear from you. Lines are wide open right now for you to get in. And we got a half an hour here to take your calls before Matt Collar joins us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. 803-0550. Mike Schoep's off today. I'm the Bulldog. You're listening to WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 